0: All right, Floki, how you been, man?
1: Good, man, how are you?
0: Doing well. I don't think I've uh, officially met you yet. I think you've talked more to Cisco and and uh, Chris, but they said you needed to come on the podcast. Um, so i got to get a chance to talk to you. Um, you're prior military, right?
1: I am actually active duty.
0: Oh, you're active duty military. What, yeah. bra- what branch are you in? I'm in the Navy. You're in the Navy, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, both Chris and Cisco were both in the Army. Um, How did you find out about D and
1: D? D and D. So, I'll give you kind of the the brief overview of my history in, in the nerd world, as I like to say. So, okay. <clears throat> growing up, grew up in the backwoods of Tennessee, um, middle of nowhere, and there wasn't there was nothing to do. And, you know, you go to the mall or you go to wherever and they have these game shops and, you know, you've got like magic and D&D and whatever going on. Mm -hmm. Well, that was always like, you don't cross that line. Like, that's not that's not something that we do. And so growing up, it was always kind of taboo for me. And my uncle, I think, left, uh, gave me some magic cards. so I would play like at home. You know, something to do, and then I got worry, got into gaming and more and more different stuff. Well, I joined the military, and one of the dreams of mine has always been to open, like, a game shop back home or somewhere in, you know, in that area that would give people something to do, because the only thing there is to do back home is drink and get in trouble.
0: Sure.
1: So, I was stationed down in Corpus Christi,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, my... Uh, my boss saw me playing magic on my i think it was my ipad at the time it was right before ship and i was playing on my ipad and he was like hey man um you should come down the shop and i was like oh no that's no that's not for me so he convinced me to do it um did it one time immediately fell in love because i'm a people person i enjoy talking to people being around meeting people all that and so the strategy of it and all these different things made me fall in love with magic and being there in person. And then one of my good buddies who, who uh, that I met at the game store, he was a former corman, and uh, he talked about D&D. And so one night I asked him, I was like, hey, man, you you play d and a lot. He's like, yeah. He said, I run, a, I run a game every week. And I was like, okay. So my thought is, if I want to open a game store then I need to know more about all the different games, because you got Warhammer, you've got, you know, just, there, there's, there's a multitude of things. Sure. And he was like, yeah, come come over to the house, we'll get you set up. And I went over there, he built a character, and then the next night, we played. And the way I was introduced was the the party was, like, barely in the middle of a dungeon. And I was trapped in, like, this dome thing, and once they, sh- they couldn't see through it, once they shattered the dome, they saw me, and they were like, Oh, hey. And so then I introduced myself and we went through and we were um I became part of the party and it like he had he had uh one of like the, the chess X mats and he had mm-hmm. drawn stuff out and he had like towers and stuff set up and like all of the things oh all right, I think I'm back. I was glitching out for a second. All of the things for a video game, you have this the strategy, the story, the uh, the interaction, all these things kind of mesh together Except, instead of doing it by myself at a console, I was doing it here with a group of people. And, like, there was, in the moment, real-life consequences. And there was no, oh, you have option A or option B. It was like, you can do whatever you want. And, like, so we finished the game. And when we finished, I was just staring at the battle mat. And he's like, hey, man, you good? I was like... I, he's like, you're in love. I can see it like immediately. I can see wheels turning in your head. You're in love, and I was like, this is absolutely amazing. And from there, I'm hooked. And uh, I'm actually lucky enough now to be running my own campaign and have him, my first DM as a character in that. We just introduced him in. So uh, it's 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 just an amazing game. And like I try to tell everyone, all it is is a video game, except you're in person with other people playing and it's, it's like, I I, I don't know. It's, I I just love it.
0: Yeah. So, um, it's weird how, if you try to explain Dungeons and Dragons, it's almost inexplainable. Like you can't, you'll, you'll ask 10 different DMs. You might get 10 different answers, but when you're in live in person on a table and like you roll a crit on a, on a hit on a big bad guy or or the silence right before a, a death saving roll and everyone's like, the energy is like, oh, oh what's going to happen right here? There's really nothing quite like D&D. And you can play Skyrim and all these other games, and I have. But there hasn't been something quite like as fun as uh, uh, rolling on the table and playing. Um, so you're DMing a game now. What, what are the differences from a DM to a player?
1: Oh, boy. Uh, so I... The way I was introduced to the game, it was kind of unique because the DM that I had, his name was Frank, he he was he was very knowledgeable. So he the way we, he built his campaign and the way we built my characters, we took elements from Pathfinder, elements from D&D, and elements from a couple other um, PTRPGs, and he meshed them together. And so when I explained to him what I wanted my character to do, he was like, okay well, in this book, we have this, so we can kind of implement that. And so it was kind of mishmash. And uh, so like, and the way he ran the game and things, it was very, it wasn't the normal D&D DM experience. Oh, I think you can still hear me. Yeah, I got you. um, It was just very unique. And so my viewpoint on the game, I guess you could say it was a little different than I guess what your average person's would be. So being a player, it was amazing just because you get to, you just, you're there, you're a part of the story and you get to do things. But when you, when you flip over to the DM side, um, I think it depends on you as a person, because for me, the biggest part that I've always enjoyed about these type of games, whether it be magic or Dungeons and Dragons or, or video games in general is I've, I thoroughly enjoyed the story and then being around people and being, I don't want to say I enjoy being the center of attention, but I, I guess I, I enjoy kind of being in charge and doing things. And so whenever I became the DM, uh, it's, that's also an interesting story that I would, I would love to get into, but um, I, I look at it as, well, I get to tell this story with these people and they get to help create this world. And so the, 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 the biggest difference is the planning, because as a player, You don't really have to plan. Like you might be like, okay, well, if this happens next session, you know, we can do this, we can do that. But as a DM, you have to think about, okay, so I have this world right now. We're right here, but they can go here, they can go here, they can go there. Like they, there's just so much that can happen. And I think as a DM, you have to be better at improv than you do as a player because there's just more that can happen on your side than what you could ever possibly prepare for.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, I, I'm, I'm the same way, and I, I'm trying to take stuff from Pathfinder 3.5, 5E, and make it better. Um, so have you gotten any of your other sailor friends involved in uh, some games?
1: Oh, this is the perfect time to tell you my story. Yeah, um, so the the way that I actually got into this, uh, got into this current game is – I'm here in Virginia, and uh, I was at work, and one of the one of the girls that I work with, she's kind of nerdy, right? So i have a uh, I have a business that uh, I make. We make all kinds of stuff. We make home products, and um, one of the things that I got into was making like dice boxes and stuff like that. But, anyways, I was talking to her, and she was talking about her husband, and I was like, "We well, you know D and D. I make X, Y, Z, and And she's like, "Oh, that's really cool." And so we started talking, and I was like, "Hey." why don't we start a game? And she was like, that would be amazing because I don't have anybody to play with And I was like, well, let's just do it. So we convinced all the guys at work. There was one, two, three of them, and then two of us. Oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. There was two of them and two of us. So it would have been a three person campaign with one DM. And she was like, I don't want a DM. I was like, that's fine, I'll do it. It's something I'm interested in. Well, we convinced all of them to do it, and they are—they were more of, I guess you could call them, like, if you go back to high school terms, you call them the jock type. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of like new territory for them, but they're like, yeah, we love games. Yeah, we'll give it a try. And so we're like, awesome. Well, <clears throat> the we planned to do the first session, and they blew us off. Now, the way we had planned it was I went and bought the... Um, the starter kit, so I had that pre-made module so that I could get my feet wet as the DM. And, you're talking about
0: the minds of Fandel, so,
1: right? Uh, no, the other one. I guess it would be the.
0: Uh, oh, I know. What you're, yeah, okay, I know what you're the Sword Coast. Yep. Yep.
1: The uh, ice. Yeah. So the, the other one. Um, but so I got that. Um, they they blew off the first session. Oh, we can't do this. We're sick. Whatever. And they are like, okay, no big deal. We'll just kind of push it to another session. Again, same thing happened next time, either no response or they blew us off and whatever. And so we're like at work, we're giving them hell like, well, you know what? We're doing, taking all this time to prepare and do this. And they're like, ah, well, you know, shit happens. So then finally, it was either the third or fourth time they blew us off. We were like, you know what? I, we're just not going to do this. So my friend, she took to TikTok. She's been posting like videos of her setup and stuff prepared for these sessions <laughs> And so finally, she took the TikTok, she said.
0: Is there anything I would have seen?
1: Uh, Maybe. Let me uh, pull up her actual handle so I can give it to you accurately. Uh, At derp, D-E-R-P, I-C-O-R-N, underscore 92.
0: Okay, hold on. I want you to say that again. Give me a second. Uh, At was it? D-E-R-P.
1: Yep, I-C-O-R-N underscore
0: 92. Hmm, I have not. Okay, well, we'll check her out for sure. We'll check her out. Yeah. Yep, I see that. Yeah, we'll check uh, that out. So anyways,
1: yeah, so she, uh, she took TikTok and she, like, she said uh you know i'm tired of being blown off by these guys we are now accepting applications for party and it like it blew up obviously it helps she's a pretty girl um i mean you know there's a lot of there's a lot of controversy about women in dnd and stuff mm-hmm. like that I, you know i've never seen it but that doesn't mean it doesn't happen that there's not gatekeeping and stuff but like she when she posted that it blew up and so she actually, between me and her both, we went through um and kind of narrowed down the group that we wanted and tried to find the people that fit our personalities best because I'd say this nicely. <laughs> there's a lot of PC, uh political correctness in and the community, and that's not us. We're kind of like I mean we're military, you know what it's like in the military.
0: Yeah. Literally nothing's off the table. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, we narrowed it down. We found a group. We one of that one of the guys from work actually was like, "Yeah, I'll come play." So we did in person and online combined. Mm-hmm. And uh, he played the one game. Um, and then there was one character that one guy that we had in there that was a little overbearing, and we decided he was not going to fit the group. Um, so we did that one shot. And the idea for that one shot uh, actually one of the players came up with. He is a he's a former marine. And he was like, hey, I had this idea uh, for a quest for the sacred boobie. And I was like, yo, that sounds awesome. So I came up with this like little backstory for it. And um, I wrote one shot based on that and played it. And it, it turned out awesome. Um, but so we kind of pushed one of the players out. And then the Marine, he, he had a buddy who was like, hey, this guy DMs. He wants to play And I was like, yeah, bring him in. So we found him and that became our core group. And from there we start playing every week and like we are consistently week by week by week unless as a group something comes up whatever and we decide to miss week. But like we are consistent and it's, it's amazing to have found this community on TikTok. And it's actually the reason that I started on TikTok was because of her and because of these people that we found from TikTok. And um, you know, it, it turned out amazing. I forget what the original question was,
0: no I, no, I think I think you answered it. But we had the same experience with role-playing degenerates. Uh, we were just playing a game, and then we got on TikTok, and you know some of our videos blew up. And then uh, one of the guys, there's mainly three of us, but there's about ten people that are involved. And one of the founders, I guess you'd call him, Chris, he decided to get on Discord. And it just became one of these huge things where everyone's like, hey, is there a game, is there a game, is there a game? And now we're running a game every week. Uh, we have a good a collection of female and males. Uh, a lot of good Pathfinder players, um, 3.5 players, 5e, and the community has been really good. Like the online community is like almost better than in-person community. Uh, you mentioned the female male interaction in the game. Uh, what are your thoughts on female male interaction in D&D and some of the um, some of the theories out there upon that you kind of uh, were talking about earlier?
1: So. <clears throat> You know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now with, like, female gatekeeping and then, you know, any kind of uh, sexual assault and things like that that happen in-game. As far as, like, the gatekeeping thing, uh, like I said, I I have not seen or experienced that. But then again, I'm just one person, so I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Um, As far as anything else, like, when it comes to sexual assault, things like that that happen in-game, I think that is one of the important reasons to have a session zero. number one, like if, if you have anyone at the table, whether it be male, and male, male, and female, whatever, um, maybe that type of interaction aim is not best. Right. That that's like, that's a weird fantasy. And it kind of, you know, makes me question like, if you are want to do this in fantasy, like what are your thoughts in the real world? But if, it's important to have a session zero to discuss these topics whether it be you know gore or um, the, the the sexual type of interactions the, all of these things it's important to have a session zero and I think that along with a session zero with your group, if you have someone that you think as a DM if you're there with the party and they're all talking and someone is being quiet or someone is not really maybe they have an opinion and then their opinion gets overstepped. I think maybe it's important to have that conversation to the side with them to be like hey, What are your thoughts on this? So that way, if it comes up, I can squish it, you know? Um, But I think every person is individual. I don't care if you're man, woman, dog, cat, alien, whatever. Every person has their own experience in life and that everything affects everyone differently. So you may have this super butch macho dude who you think is, you know, he doesn't give shit about anything. And maybe he was assaulted as a kid. And so anything like that in the game really freaks him out. Whereas on the flip side, you may have this super meek, you know, female that's like uh, hesitant about everything that she may be the craziest player that you have. Like, and it could be vice versa. It could be any way. Everyone is different. And everyone has their own experience. I think that, it really comes down to the person and it's about use the dm figuring out what your party wants what your party needs and having those conversations with them whether it be as the group or as an individual
0: yeah um it is it is one of those games where you can't play it like by yourself you need a group and toxic play i mentioned this in the last podcast but toxic players can be one of those things where if there's just one of them it's like god this game sucks but if there's like a bunch and it yeah. doesn't matter if you're like on the highest mountain but if it's like a bunch of players that really like each other you could be like trying to open a door and it's like the literally the best thing that could ever happen um so i, I totally understand that i actually didn't know about DD um when i was in the marine corps i had no I, I didn't find out about DD until i got into the army later on but i could imagine and for those of you who don't know how crazy the barracks gets uh at active duty it gets insane if we could have played D and D back in the day with some of my, you know, my friends from the Marine Corps, I think it would have been like the most epic adventure ever. I just never knew about it. Um, Denny, any of you guys play at the barracks? Or you guys usually play at your house?
1: Us or are you like talking in the chat?
0: No, you got you. Do you guys play at your barracks?
1: Uh, so we, so I, I, uh, I have a house. Yeah, so. um, but the let's see. The other person that we have is she lives in base housing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone else is not military. Uh, well, I mean, they're, they're former military except for one, and he lives out in Iowa. but uh, So we don't actually, other than me and her, we don't have any active duty. Um, as far as D&D and the barracks, I, um, I don't know. Now, I, I did just recently go on deployment and come back. And on deployment... I did run into a group or two that we, that played on the ship and I was like, yo, I want to jump in on this. And so I played one game and again, I, I've only played a few times, so I'm still kind of new to this and like the different interactions and settings. And so, and especially being part of the community, I'm learning more and more about toxic traits and like, you know, that, oh, that's what my character would do. And I understand that there, there's some nuance with that. Like you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So like I jumped in with them and like I'm doing things and and now looking back a couple things that I'm like, Ooh, that's, that's probably kind of cringy. I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, but like, yeah, we, so we, we played on the ship and it's, it's, you know, you bring it up like you didn't really know about it when you were in, I find now it's becoming so much more mainstream. It's so much more acceptable to be, you know, quote unquote, a nerd, and to play things like D and D and magic and and you know whatever. Um, but yeah, as far as like barracks life, I, I mean, I haven't really seen much there. There may be now, but
0: yeah, for sure. Um, I remember when we got into it, or I got into it, we were on a. I was the National Guard, not the full army, but I went to the National Guard after the Marine Corps, and we were stationed in D.C. Right when COVID start started, so we had about a month where we weren't doing anything, and. I, I'm not even kidding, probably 40 out of the 60 people there played Dungeons and & Dragons, and they gave us this like, top-of-the-line hotel. It was like an apartment. Well, it was an apartment. It wasn't a hotel. It was par- apartments. So there was probably like 100 D&D games going on, and I was like, what is, what is D&D? What is this game? And I had the same experience as you. We played as soon as I got done playing. First of all, we only played for five hours, and everyone like on here is like five hours is a long session. When you're really, really into D&D, you can play five hours and it feels like, 13 minutes like it doesn't feel very long at all and i felt yeah. the same way i was like man dude i want to keep playing and the dm's like well sorry like you know i only have this much written in the module so every week i'm like oh god i want to play again it takes forever well then i started telling my wife about it and she was like man this sounds really dumb so i showed her showed her uh, critical role and i'm not sure if you're familiar i mean you might be but i showed her critical role right. and um i went to work for like a couple days and came back home and she was like, "Man, I watched the first 10 episodes of Critical Role." Or she there was a there was a time where she was like against it, and she watched like a bunch of episodes of Critical Role. And then she was like, "Oh, I get it. This game's really awesome." And I was like, "Yeah, it is really awesome." So, have you seen Critical Role?
1: Oh yeah, I I so I actually recently discovered it, and I have um I've watched the old campaigns, but this new one I'm watching it religiously every week.
0: Yeah. Um I was the same boat cuz I was campaign 2 was like uh, episode 20 when i when i first started watch, getting into D&D so i didn't watch any campaign 1 because the first like 25 episodes of campaign 1 there is one toxic player um and it's hard to watch it so i just skipped to campaign 2 and i'm i'm about 10 episodes away of finishing 141 episodes of campaign 2 and uh the show's really good dude it really gets people like involved in D&D
1: yeah, so I think critical uh, role has done a lot for D and D, and I think that the new Vox Machina uh, TV series yeah. is going to do a lot if people can connect the two. And uh, it's actually like my um, my little sister, her her boyfriend uh, was talking to him about D and D, and I was like, hey man, if you're interested, check out Vox Machina on you know Amazon Prime and uh, watch some of that. I said it's you know it's it's animated and there's more that goes into that, but like. That was that was a campaign that was run, and they took it and turned it into a TV show. And so, you know, trying to explain to him kind of the mechanics and things like that, and hopefully, I kind of pull him into it. But um, it is, it there's there's a lot more out there now that's making it more acceptable. Uh, what are your thoughts on the the Matt Mercer effect?
0: Yeah, I was. I just uh, so that we have a. I don't know if you saw one of the other podcasts, um, but we have a. a- a Pathfinder player uh, that's trying to get into 5e. Her name is a uh, hard mode, Reese, um, and me and her have been bouncing off ideas. Like I've been like, uh, forget about Pathfinder, come to 5e, and she's like, don't worry about 5e, come to Pathfinder. And we've kind of been like meshing back and forth. And she played a one shot, and I'm gonna play a one shot with her husband as a DM in Pathfinder. And I'm I'm noticing that I think the reason one of the reasons 5e has been so successful is. I mean, Matt Mercer does, you know, what Matt Mercer does, and it makes the game really good, but every DM out there is kind of emulating what he's doing. Overall, I think it's a good thing. I think, I think it's a good thing because people have a good base. So you, don't, you don't have to be, you don't have to read the player's handbook and the monster manual and everything. You can kind of watch Matt Mercer over 20 episodes and be like, oh, yeah, I kind of know what this is. Um, now to that, on the caveat to that, you know, there's things in Pathfinder and there's things in 3.5, and there's things you should do on your own that are totally different. And you should express that. But if you're looking for a baseline, I don't know. It's hard to beat. I mean, he does a pretty good job, and they all have really good fun on the table. So I think I think it's overall a good thing for the community. What are your thoughts on it?
1: Uh, so there's always talk controversy between him and uh, Matt Matt Brennan and or not Matt Brennan. Uh, uh, <laughs> um,
0: yeah, to mention twenties Brennan.
1: Yeah, yeah. is his name, but um. You know, there's always that little, like, oh, who's better, whatever. And honestly, I've never watched any of Dimension 20, um, just because I've been so caught up on Critical Role. Eventually, I do want to get into that. Um, But my thought on it is, it's great to give people an idea, but also, like, you have to be your own. You have to be your own person. You have to figure out your own things. You talked about, you know, never reading the Player's Handbook or the Monster Manual or the DM Scott or any of that. I've never read any of it. Like... I might have there might have been an individual thing that I needed to know that I'm like, okay, flip, 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 there's that individual thing. All right, boom, I'm good. But like yeah, I've never actually cracked it open and read all of it. Um I'm a very if it makes sense, let's do it. If it doesn't make sense, let's not do it. Now there are things that I'm learning and that I'm interpreting in my own way, um, as I go, especially through TikTok, and then like seeing someone on TikTok looking it up, um that, you know, I, that interests me. But at the end of the day, it's all up to you as the DM to make and as the party to make those decisions. So I think that by, by Matt kind of, cause he always does his, like his own thing. And I think that's, that's a great influence for other DMs to be like, Hey, I don't have to play by the rules. I can do whatever the hell I want. This is my game. Yeah. And uh, to me, that's what makes sense because like, you know, my party will tell you if, if something happens and it makes sense, i'm gonna let it happen if it doesn't make sense or it kind of breaks the game i'm gonna be like no because that just it doesn't make sense and um so i'm kind of like a mixture of rule of cool and as written um just because there are things written that make sense there are things written that i'm like well you know it doesn't really apply so like you gotta find the in between
0: yeah and that's the thing with it's funny you mention that. I just had a conversation on uh, our Discord with someone. Uh, we were joking around about who's better, Brennan or uh, Matt Mercer. Um, Brennan. I've seen Dimension Twenty. I think Brennan, Brennan's awesome. There's also a girl on there, uh, Bria Aringar, and she DM'd for Critical Role's uh, Exandria series. She's also very good. But if you look at all three DMs, they're they're vastly different. I mean, Brennan is mostly a powerhouse. He has like this charismatic. Um, th- he has things like if you, uh, you, when you get the chance, you should go go back and watch his um, his uh, Baron from the Baronese bit, and it's just like everything's on him. Everyone eyes are on him, and he does a very very good job. Whereas Matt Mercer kind of he'll say his thing and kind of sit back, and they'll talk for hours and do their thing. Um, but it's talk like you know going on to the rule changing and things like that. Um, Pathfinder has their own rules three three point five five e but I totally agree with you. I think you need to gauge what your um, party's like and what they want to do and move forward in that in that way. And to be more specific, I'm usually against – in D&D, 5E, I'm usually against min-maxing your stats. I'm usually against uh, anybody trying to get a direct competitive advantage over another player. But if there was a whole party who was just like, no, we all want to do – you know, min-maxing, we're trying to kill monsters. We don't care about RP. I'd probably have a conversation with them in a, zero, a session 0 and I'm like, all right, if that's what you guys want to do, this is going to be a vastly different campaign. But if it was, like, one person's trying to, you know, max their stats and this other person is trying to RP, then it's a little different. But I, th- I think you have to read read your players and see, you know, where they're at mentally before you start the game.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. But, like, my thoughts on min-max, and I think kind of my party thoughts, too, is um, – the we are good with min max as long as, like you said, as long as everyone is on board, everyone has the same idea. Um, min max, and that allows me as the DM to throw whatever the hell I want at them. Like this last session, I almost TPK'd because I actually overshot. Um, and, um, like the with them min maxing, that means that I can come up with some off wall stuff, throw it at them, and not have to worry as much. Uh, but again, yeah, you gotta like you got to gauge the party and make sure everyone's on board. Um, the hardest part that I find is in our party dynamics, and I just shifted because I did kill one of the players, but um, the party dynamics were we had two rogues that were kind of squishy and then two players, uh, I think a paladin and a uh, uh, an artificer, a uh, warforge, that were... Well, he was a artificer wizard, maybe? I don't remember. He multiclassed. But they were very powerhouse, high AC, punchy-punchy, and it was like, how how do I balance that to where I'm still giving the rogues the chance to do something, but I'm still challenging these other players. Um, so the party dynamic was very strange, but now uh, that I killed one of the other players off, we have kind of one punchy-punchy player, and the other ones are you know, not as much, so I, I'm going to be able to scale that back down a little bit to make it more even across the board, uh, the, which is... In general, it's, it's, that's a hard thing to do is find balance to where everyone in the party is getting to do something that they want to do.
0: Yeah, and I was, like I said, I was having a conversation with some Pathfinder players, and Pathfinder, from my brief interaction with some of these players uh, in this one shot I'm going to do, they basically told me if you do not min-max, you are dead. Like, you have to min-max. So them as players, they said, okay, you're min-maxing, you have to make the strongest possible character as 1,000 different uh, situations to do that so that's kind of where we're coming at but the whole group is like okay min max it's going to be combat heavy we're going to do this but i my last campaign or my current in uh in person campaign we had a circle of the moon druid who has the ability to have more hit points than more than 200 hit points at level five so i threw a really tough encounter at him and it killed a different player and after that encounter i was like well you know we're level we're almost level seven I, I hadn't I didn't necessarily had to nerf him but I, I encouraged him I was like hey this is a situation like the circle of the moon Druid is one of the more broken things in the game either everybody else gets like a, a mega buff or we're gonna go a different way with your character but he was the only one that had this ridiculous advantage um, so after like a long conversation he's one of my good friends actually in the discord um, we came up with a homebrew thing that's totally new uh, like homebrew cool stuff still very tanky for a druid. Um, and ended up working out, you know, for the betterment. But next time, you know, I'm a DM, if I see people, like, trying to do really good, you know, stats or, or characters, I think I'm going to catch it early on and be like, hey, if we're doing this, everybody needs to min-max or everyone needs to think about this, like, combat heavy because I don't want to have super unbalanced uh, game.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, and, like, I... I, I enjoy the RP because I guess like if you've ever watched um, Matt Colville, he talks about the different player types, and I I think I would fall almost into the the actor category. But I enjoy I enjoy the RP. Don't get me wrong, I love me some good combat, but I, I heavily enjoy the RP and interacting with people and doing different things um, on that on that line. And you know, I do a lot of funny voices and stuff like that. And so the in the module we're right now we're in full homebrew but we were doing the 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 module that i heavily homebrewed before uh so as i was getting my feet wet and so like all these uh npcs in the town and stuff they're all mainly like european accents and then i had one shopkeeper who was uh a, like a deep southern accent and my players lost it and they were like i love they said we have all of these like european accents and then suddenly bam you know somebody that's from the deep south they were cracking up about it but like the 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 ability to like shift on the fly and and have fun and, and you know make jokes and and uh just small interactions whether it be voice or actor or, or whatever like i love that kind of stuff and I, and i think it's funny and and can allow for some good role and that's that's just one of my favorite aspects of the game um because like combat when you do, when you have a crazy party, it's hard to balance and find the right path. It's easy to be like, yep, yeah, I'm just going to throw a monster at you. Monster, 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 monster. Um, and then not really do a lot of RP, because RP can be a little more difficult. But, you know, it, it takes more more improbability. Uh, whereas monsters, you do have to balance it and find the right... You know, you might have to fudge some rolls or, or whatever. Um, but I, it's just... They're both so much fun. Just RP... I don't know. It's, I, I really enjoy it. It's
0: Yeah, uh, yeah no, I agree with you uh, 100%. I, uh, I almost, when I'm a player, I almost like don't want to do battle because I agree with you. I'm all about RP as well. RP is so much more fun, for sure.
1: Bad, so hopefully you're not picking stuff up on my microphone.
0: Oh, I can hear you
1: yeah well yeah i'm hoping you can't hear yourself
0: oh no i can't hear myself you're good okay yeah yeah but no I, I i yeah i like rp a lot especially as a player um and that's one thing about being a dm that's more difficult because it's like and how many voices do i have to how many things like this you don't have to do voice. i do do voices but you don't have to necessarily do voices um you can just find somebody who has just a speech impediment or talks higher or something or just you know you just describe your character really well um so for people who are out there saying i have to do all these voices because they've seen matt mercer do about a thousand of them it's not necessarily true there's a lot of campaigns that don't do any voices and do just fine
1: oh i'd agree with you 100 i actually did a uh, on tiktok i did a video of this guy was talking about something similar and i said listen role playing is not doing voices role playing is being in the moment as your character. So me as Floki, I might know this cell phone is purple, but me as Bob the hair I've never seen this. So I don't actually know that it's purple. So me going, Hey, let me see your purple phone. Well, no, because I wouldn't know that. So being in the moment as a character, I'd be like, uh, you know, what color is that? And that's, that's a very generic example, but you know, you, you, you as a player might know something, but you as a character don't. So, like that to me is when you really get into role play and playing the game. Um, but like voice, you know, doing voices and actually acting stuff out—that's acting or voice acting. Now, don't get me wrong; that could be part of role playing. Yeah. But that's not the end-all, be-all.
0: Yeah, and I think, and going back to like the stigma of D and D, and and you know, we—I go to work and I tell people I play D and D, um, and. They try to give me crap for it, but like it's I'm too rooted into it so it doesn't it goes right past me. Plus I have a work for work campaign, so there's was like 12 guys to play with us. But going back to that, when people see D&D and they see like what Matt Mercer and Critical Role does or you know, people at Comic-Con are dressing up, like you were saying earlier, this the tides kind of shifting on that. You're getting a lot of people who are more jockey playing. We're just straight up players. And honestly, if you took a player who's just a normal friend and brought him into D&D, more often than not, if they're into it, they like that first like twenty sessions is like they're like the perfect player because everything's new to them. Every time they roll a dice, it's amazing. So getting more players in here, just like normal people, I guess, for lack of a better term, or just people that wouldn't wouldn't necessarily think to play D anD D, playing um, enhances the game.
1: Yeah, and I like I love the idea of like you know going with the RP thing is you know. At first, that player they may be talking normal like me and you, or they may not fully understand how to get into the role playing. But then, as the session goes on, or you do multiple sessions, maybe they get into doing voices. Maybe they get into doing different things. And I like because I remember uh, my first few sessions, I was kind of um, I've always been kind of a loud, boisterous person, but like in that game, I felt uncomfortable because you know this is new, this is something I've never done, and these are these people that I don't know and how how vulnerable can I be with them? And then, you know, session three, I was like, uh, you know, my character runs up, he wants to stab this giant in the asshole and rip out with his daggers, and everybody laughed, and I'm like, let's do it, you know? I'm just really in character.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And uh, But yeah, seeing, seeing that transition is awesome.
0: Yeah, it is, and the more comfortable people get, like I think I remember... It was, like, my first time, like, not role-playing, but, like, I was trying to go up to somebody from a bar, at a bar in the game, and I was like, oh, man. I was a tortle, but I was like, oh, man, how do I say something to this guy that's going to be like, you know. Like, I was trying to deceive him to make him think I needed to go to the bathroom because the bathroom, we thought something was the bathroom. And I just put on, like, the worst New York's accent, and I was like, hey, man, I got to take a piss. Like, let me get in there, please. And that was, like, the first time I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm, it sucked, but I'm kind of trying to do this, and it it was still fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it can be a lot of fun when you get into that. And that's one of the reasons like I enjoy being a DM but I'm not locked into one thing. There's a million things that I can do. And so like uh I may go from, Well, uh, how y'all doing today to <clears throat> Right, over here, yeah uh, we're gonna do you know, and like there's all these different things that I I get to do. Whereas as a character you're like <clears throat> hey, you get a lot of have fun, you really get to develop your character, but you have your character as a dm you have the world
0: yeah um i'll be interested to hear your thoughts on this some of my favorite times as a dm was when i did a lot of homework on like i home build everything like the city the the world everything I, i do it all um just so i know where everything's at but some of my favorite times are when we're going to face this drug lord but the group decides to chase somebody down the street for no reason And then that really like raw interaction of like, well, I know what chase rules are. And if you want to do it, I guess I know the rules. All right, go ahead. You know, start. Everyone gets roll initiative for chase. Let's see how this goes. And then two hours later, you're in a fey forest, you know, that you marked two months ago that has nothing to do with what you're doing. But you're there now. uh, And it's the only game that does, you know, you can do that. It's the only game where it's not like Monopoly. You know, you go around two times. It's like, you know, we were supposed to go face the Struggler, but now we're in the fey wild. Two hours ago, I don't know how we got here. But, you know, it's like the most fun, even for a DM, even though you're stressed out because it's not going your way. But at the same time, it's like, man, they're, they're kind of writing the story for you.
1: Yeah, I think that's a big thing is getting the players to realize like, hey, you guys are directing this story. Um, my campaign is a little unique and a little uh, different in an aspect because – we, so we took the sacred movie one shot and we turned it into a full campaign. Mm-hmm. So my characters are in an army. So they are very order centric where, Hey, these are your orders. You need to go do this. There have been times, uh, where they are able to, you know, kind of go off the rails a little bit, but for the most part, it's been very story driven. Like here's your orders. Go do this, yada, yada, yada. Um, but like we had one interaction where they had finished their thing. It was kind of RP time and they were in town and I was like, "Well, what do you guys want to do?" Because there was still some time left. Um, we had been maybe I don't know three, four hours at this point. And I'm like, "Oh, we're, we want to go to the bar and get drunk." I was like, "All right, cool." So you go to the tavern, and the rogue was like, "Hey, are there any games? Like, what are some things you know?" And I was like, "Well, what specifically are you looking for?" And he said, "I want to play darts." And I was like, "Oh shit!" And I, I was like, you know, luckily I was, I'm familiar with darts, so I had an idea. I was like, "Okay, this is what we're going to do. You're going to do best of three, and you're going to roll a d twenty. Your d twenty because you know there's only twenty on a dartboard." Um, the only thing that I didn't account for was the bullseye so that's you know whatever but um, you roll a d20 and then that tells you what number you hit and then you roll a d4 and that tells you whether you hit single double or triple if you roll a 4 you re-roll um, and that like on the fly I had to come up with that and now that's one of my that's one of their favorite games Um, and like that in that moment for me creating that was like whoa I can do this like I can actually do this. And, um, you know, there, but there, I have had small times where it's kind of like, yeah, you end up in some random thing. Maybe not as big as going way off into another part of the world. But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting and stressful to try and come up with some of this stuff on the fly. But once you build once or twice, you realize, like, oh, okay, yeah, this is something I can do. I, I'm, I'm good.
0: Yeah. Um, that, those are always fun, too, those times. Because we had – I had one – My group just was not figuring out, like, the maze on how to get through this town and what they were supposed to do. So they just went into a temple, and I had a fighter who just said, can I just pray to, like, any god? And I was like, you can certainly try. Go ahead. Do whatever you want to do. And he's like, well, what if they talk back to me? I was like, roll a D100. And in my head, I was like, if he rolls a 99 or a 1, I'll let him commune to a god. So, like, what are the odds, you know? He rolls a 99, and I just, like, look up, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So for, like, a good 10 seconds, I was like he's not even a, a, I shouldn't even be letting this happen, but I already made the rules, so I was like, okay, tell me what you say to the god, make it convincing, and, you know, I didn't give him all the information, but I said, you know, maybe go look over this part of the city, you know, but at the same time, it's like in that split second, as a DM, you're shitting your pants, because you're just like, god damn it, this game sucks, but at the same time, it's really awesome, and they're freaking out, because they've been lost for an hour, and they're just like, oh my god, it's happening, the fighter just communed with a random god, so now he might be a paladin for that god uh, moving forward, we don't know. But that's the part of this game where it's, you know, really fun.
1: Yeah. Well, it was like, so one of my players, the um, he's wanting to go, I don't remember what it's called. It's like Hell Knight or something like that, basically, where he's an Oathbreaker, and then he wants to, he wanted to make a deal with like an Archdevil and whatever. I can't remember the name of the, the offshoot. But um, he had actually recently acquired a love interest in town. And he was like, hey, I have this really cool idea I want to do I was like, oh, okay. Well, it, it worked out because in a previous session I'd set up his love interest, and then he has his family sword, and I'd set it up that his sword had talked to him. And then we ran into the next session where he had this idea, and I was like, okay, cool. So I, and I was like, hey, man. I pulled him to the side and did some RP, I said, uh, so while you're praying, your sword speaks to you again, and he says, I can show you another path. And I had to like come up with this uh, there's an archdevil. Um, the sword is speaking to you, and it tells you if you want these extra powers, you have to shed the blood of the innocent and sacrifice something love. So he killed his love interest. Uh, he took her off in the forest and killed her, and then that released this archdevil from his sword. And so his backstory was that his family, the the dragonborn, that's the big enemy. They they're trying to take over the world. Um, the dragonborn had killed everybody in his kingdom except for him, and he got away. So I'm like, okay, what I'm gonna tell you, kind of what happened with the sword. I said, you as the character won't know this, but I'm gonna tell you as a player, so you understand. And I was like, your family trapped this archdevil inside this sword uh, generations ago, but they died before they could tell you about it. And so now you've done what it what it took to release it, and you've made a deal with it. And he's like, bro, this is insane. And I was like, yes, yes, that's what I love to see. Um, so it turned out kind of crazy, and then. What happened after that was the party discovered the body. And so one of the characters with a really high investigation figured out it was him and there was like there was the battle and he was the player that I actually just killed off by accident. Um and like so now that party dynamic, it was really tense, but now it's kind of baselining again because that one person who was driving that is dead. Um so the rest of the players are still kinda of like, uh, you know, this guy killed somebody, I don't know, he's kinda of chaotic, but yeah, I mean, that. Was, coming up with those weird, random, interesting story plots, it's just, it's insane. And, like, you don't know where it's going to go. It's like you, you think of this in the moment or you think of it right before a session or something, and then now three, four, five, 15 sessions down the road, it may impact. You don't know. and it's, it's just, it's crazy the things. You, you, you are truly building the world and you're writing a story. It's, it's just, it blows my mind. Yeah, I, when people
0: tell me, like, I always say there should dungeon master isn't quite the word for it it should be like you know game moderator or dungeon moderator because they you know the, the group writes a story like ninety percent of it and usually it's the things you don't think about that end up being like a benign NPC ends up being a world breaker like by level twenty and you're like, how the hell did that halfling they met and was it, I didn't even know the person's name when they asked me I just said oh it's you know this person and then it ends up being a level 20 you know character that they've they fell in love with over the, over time. So it's always funny how that works out. Um, where do you see yourself uh, with D&D in 5, 10, 15 years? We'll wrap it up with this.
1: So like I was saying, my current campaign, and you know, this being my very first campaign, and it's all homebrew, um, right now the way the story is set up is it's very order-driven. Like, hey, take these orders, go do this thing. Um, but after you know being part of the TikTok community and talking to some individuals like uh, uh, is it Orsaka narrative? I can't I never remember how to say his name yeah I know you talking uh, about but yeah. he, he's also yeah um he paid the end Having conversations with him um you know watching Critical Role all these things and now running a game that's homebrew I have an idea of how to set up a story how to do things and so. I want to get away from the kind of railroad style game. And I want to develop a universe like, you know, you were talking about critical role. Well, you had this campaign that happened in one part of the world. And now we're in this campaign that's in a different part of the world and kind of, kind of encompasses people from that part of the world over. And so that's for me, that's the next step. And that's what I want to do is I want to, uh, number one, we want to start trying to stream and do things like that. Number two, Mm After this campaign, I want to develop a world where I can have multiple campaigns in that setting. And now with that understanding of kind of how that works, I think I can start to do that. And so where do I see myself? I see myself with hopefully the same group, uh, hopefully the same group DMing them and moving forward with a more broad storyline where I have the ability to take from different parts of the world and set up campaigns in individual parts of the world and have it all kind of, crisscross overlap with minor details um so hopefully in five to ten years i will have a somewhat prevalent stream with my group um and i will be maybe you know somebody that's like a off-brand matt mercer or off-brand brennan where i can you know be somebody that somebody looked to me like hey that's a good dm
0: for sure Um, do you know about incarnate? It's like the software to make maps and stuff.
1: Yeah. I, um, uh, um, I'll send you a copy of the map that I made. One of my players, he has an uh, incarnate, um, subscription. He was like, Hey man, use this to make our map. And so I I did, I'll, I'll I'll send you a picture of it and, um, you know, you can share it or whatever, but, uh, that's how I made my problem with maps is, um, scale. That's, that's the problem that I have.
0: Yeah. I just found out about Incarnate, I just got a subscription like two weeks ago, so I was going to tell you the same thing if you wanted to use it. Um, But it really is nice instead of drawing it out. Um, For everybody who's listening, where can they find you? Where can they connect with you? As we wrap this up, where can people get more of Floki?
1: Yeah. uh, So right now, we don't have a public Discord. I think that's something that we'll want to do in the future. Mm -hmm. But if you want to go to uh, TikTok, you can find me at Floki.the.dm I'm on there and you can interact with me on there. As far as our group goes, uh, we do have an Instagram called The Uncommon Guard um, and we also have Twitch uh, which is The Uncommon Guard all one word. Um, We're still working on some of our social media stuff but yeah, we're there. You can interact with me, interact with our players. Um, If you are on Roleplaying Degenerates um, the Discord um i am what is my username it's just at floki so you can hit me up there or hit me up on tiktok and i will try my best to interact with you
0: all right everybody you heard it from right there you can find him where he said also role playing degenerates if you want to run a one shot i would be a player so think about that too i would love to play in one of your campaigns at least for a one shot um but otherwise man floki it was was a good conversation i'll have to do it again
1: for sure, I'm definitely down. Sorry it took. There was so much back and forth. Uh, I'm no, happy we we're finally able to do this. No, it, it,
0: it was worth the wait. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. See you later. Um, bye, guys. Bye guys.